Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am. I am Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We very much appreciate it. Um, so first question, I've heard a rumor that you you watched White Christmas. I did watch it. I forgot to mention it on the last cast. Yeah. It just didn't come up. So I, I actually was just looking at my phone right now. I took some notes. <laughs> and it's so I have. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So my notes are titled Danny Effing K. So and for That's people that did watching. listen to the last one, I mean, I'm kind of interested in how you thought about the movie, but most of all, did you notice the the similarities between Kramer, his character, yeah. and Danny Effing K? So the, it was striking when he came on the screen the first time because I didn't, I wasn't expecting a physical similarity. I was expecting like his mannerisms or his, you know, okay. his physical comedy to be similar. But no, I mean. His face looks like Michael Richards' face, and then he's got the hair. But then also, I was noticing. So let me see. I'm going through my notes here. Face similar. The so the body was similar, but but like he, I don't know. It almost like he's got the same like. Good. How do you how do you describe it? I mean, like, mannerisms. I think is... mannerisms was more than that. Like the way his body is put together yeah. is similar. Like yeah. they're both kind of lanky. Yep. And I mean, it it was it was almost like his brother like was on okay. screen. Okay. So you'd... All right. Oh, no, for sure. Okay. And, then, and then, yeah, definitely the movement's similar. But here's one thing I noticed. He wore, he wore cuff pants, which was the thing back then. But Kramer used to do that all the time because he'd wear vintage clothing. And then he sits down and he puts his leg up and he has the the light-colored sock against the dark pant, which is not, you know, that's what not you're supposed to right. do. You're supposed right. to have a dark sock against a dark pant. So Kramer always did that. So it was just amazing how many things he drew. So this from... is awesome. You're picking out even more than me. Okay. So let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And some of the inflections he had. Yes. He goes, he goes, um, but I feel the same about my cockroach spaniel, <laughs> which was totally Kramer. I mean, he clearly got that. So part of the reason I'm laughing so hard. So for those that don't know, Kurt takes his podcast very seriously. I mean, we both do. But when you watch a game with Kurt, I, we haven't watched enough games. Even when we do, I, I feel like we just don't watch enough games. Yet. But when we do... Kurt gets comfortable in the spot, wherever it's at, plops down, pulls open his notepad, and he will take notes during a game yeah. on things that he wants to bring up in the podcast. You did the same thing while oh, yeah. watching Mike. Did the same thing. So there was one scene. So, of course, you've got the the, the two main characters, Bing Crosby and uh, Danny F and K, and I can't remember their names. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But they're both like the one gets engaged, and then the other one was kind of, you know, contemplating getting engaged. They They got the engagement episode from that. He said, really? so, don't you think there was, I don't know, there's one thing that he said, something like dipping my toe in the water or something wow. to get engaged. And I, all I could think about was the engagement episode when George and Jerry got gotcha. engaged together, gotcha. not with each other, but right. with, I don't That's know. I, I, I wish I had the exact quote because I was like, boom, That's engagement episode. Dead on. Okay, let's see. So, oh, Vera Ellen, the the blonde. Woo. Yeah. That is a good looking filly. So the super skinny one? Yeah, she's super skinny. I mean- <laughs> I mean, she's too, too skinny for too my, skinny, yeah. but I mean, but her face, she's gotcha. beautiful. Sure. Um, now, Rosemary Clooney, eh, yeah. not, not quite as much. Let's see. Good singer, though. Okay, Good here's parts. one thing. I was really shocked at how little it revolved around Christmas. Because you sure. just think, why Christmas? Yep. Oh, this must be a Christmas movie right. from start to finish. But basically, Bing Crosby gets up there at the the army base scene or the army, you know, sure. encampment scene, and he, yep. say, he croons out White Christmas and... It's Christmas time, and then the last scene 
He does the same thing. He's dressed as Santa. Everything they pretty else, much bookmark it with White Christmas song. In the, yep. And nothing else was about Christmas. Right. But Christmas is in the title. White Christmas. I yeah. found that to be unusual. It just not what I expected. It's a good point. Good job. That's a great review. I mean, how cool is Bing Crosby in the movie? Cool as a cucumber. I mean, I guy's him. great. Uh, I I did enjoy it. I mean, it. You know, it's a little. It was a little musically. It is, and it's slow. And to well, me, it's. But here's the other thing, and this is where old movies are weird for me. There is just so much dialogue. So much. It is 100 percent dialogue. All dialogue. No cinematography. It's just two people talking yep. the entire. So you you got to stay on your toes. You know, I was kind of walking around making myself something to eat, fixing a drink, and I'd miss what the heck they're even doing. Right. Because there's just so much, so much dialogue. It's <laughs> a very good point. Fantastic. Um, good job. Great review. That is probably the biggest white Christmas review you'll ever hear on a college football podcast. I would think. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go thumbs up. I will give it if the, the, uh, Roger Ebert, who is an Illini, by the way, okay. I'll give him a thumb, thumbs up there. <laughs> so definitely not a thumbs down, but I didn't love it either. No, no, but it's just, uh, I think you'll like it more and more if you commit to watching in your Christmas, uh, movie rotation, it, 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 it's like a warm sweater. You put it on. It's, it's, yeah. It's just what you need. Sure. Um, all right. So I got a couple, uh, I mean, quite a few, I guess, bullet points here. Um, I forgot. To, I was going to talk to you about this before we sat down to record. So obviously, the recruiting podcast is your baby. Yeah. The way this has coincided this year, we're just going to have to bump that into 2021. It's going to be at least a couple weeks, I'd say. Like, even to the point where do we wait until the second signing day is done? You got the whole I mean, class We together, could. It, so here's the thing. It's, it's going to be the strangest recruiting year probably because none of these coaches really know who's staying from the existing class, how many scholarships they have, how many they can give out. So the classes right now are small compared to the last couple of years. I did notice that. Really yeah. small. So yeah. we could, And I think it's making coaches uneasy, at least some coaches, that they haven't been able to spend as much time. Now, th sure. it won't affect this class maybe so much, but I'm going to tell you one thing. They are going to be itching – to get to know the next class, yeah. you know, which, you know, just because of the pandemic, they haven't Correct. been able to see them no. face to face. I mean, a lot yeah. of coaches, like they absolutely put up, that's a paramount to them for recruiting. The other side of it, it would be for this class is you always got, you know, I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but like 15 to 18 players that are like, have been firmly committed for quite some time, but then you fill in with like, I don't know, four or five more guys. I think that's why you're seeing the classes staying small is because they haven't had a chance to fill in with guys they feel comfortable with at this point. That's probably true too. Okay. So it's, yeah, I mean, we could do like, I don't know, we could do an episode, but I feel like it'll, it'll change a little bit, you know, over time. So then we might have to come back and yep. fill in the gaps a little bit. But so we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a recruiting podcast. Yeah. It'll be, we'll figure something in. out. Another just kind of recruiting thought process that I had. Um, is it possible that Michigan allowed their recruits to sign simply because they want them signed in? And then we find out news about khaki pants. Sure, of course. Okay. I mean, I mean, would, did you to the point where would that would be what you put your money on? I still don't think khaki pants is going to be there next year. Okay. So I don't know if they did that intentionally. I mean, the season's not over technically. Nah. I mean, for them it is. Right. But it's not really over. I, I don't know. That'd be pretty low, I guess. We're, we're this isn't a conspiracy theory tinfoil hat here, right? Um, so there's. Let me tell you a story, a recruiting story, <laughs> maybe the lowest recruiting story I've ever heard. Lou Tepper at Illinois, okay? Uh, his offensive coordinator is Greg Landry, a guy named Greg Landry, okay? 
Chris Redman. You remember Chris Redman? Yep, sure. He was out at Louisville Male High School. He was the number one quarterback in the country that year. Wow. He signed with Illinois. And you know what Tepper did the next day? He fired Greg Landry. He was going to Illinois because he wanted to run Greg Landry's system. Okay. Well, he was pissed. It did not look very good. So they Illinois let him out of his letter of intent. And... You know, Illinois in this instance, if Michigan goes down like this, where they essentially let the class sign and then let khaki pants go, they're not the only two schools to, to have no. done stuff like that. I mean, those moves are perfected in the SEC, yeah. but I don't know. We'll see. It is going to be like if you put a percentage on khaki pants getting fired or or I shouldn't say getting fired, they part ways. I mean, I what percentage would you put on that? That's how it'll go down. I'm going to say. Two out of three. Two, two out of three chance. 66% chance okay. they part ways. We're recording this on Wednesday night. What do you think I'm, the timing would be? I'm only saying, like, before I would have said 85 or so, but because they let these guys sign, I'm, I'm bringing it down bring a little it bit. Bring it down. A okay. little bit. Okay. Um, I mean, it's got to be Sunday, right? Sunday, Sunday, Monday? Sunday. Don't you think? I think that's about right. What, was, is, what do you think? Perfect. I, I okay. was going to say, I could maybe see it going into the weekend, like Friday, late Friday, and then the games kick off, and then Saturday hits, and it's kind of the deal where they try to hope it gets lost in the I mix mean, a little bit. They could do the Friday news dump, right? Could be. Something I mean, like that. Nobody's going to skip that one. No. But it no. won't get as much much coverage. I think it's going to be something that's going inter- to be interesting to see. Um, okay, so as we move on to Champions Weekend, I, a couple thoughts here. Um, gulp. I think the Big Ten actually did a pretty good job with the the situation that they after the situation they put themselves in for what they did this weekend, I think they did a pretty good job. Okay. Um yep. okay. I've I've had I've had tempered uh, uh feelings for the champions weekend all along. I think I've kind of made that known yeah. on the pod and on, on Twitter. So again, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday night, so there still could be developments that happen before I hope not. It seems like we've kind of gotten into the deal where when we hear about a cancellation of a game, it usually comes out by like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. So, so it looks like the, we're the Ohio state one was late. That one was Ohio that, state. Yeah, Illinois. That was, that, that was really late. Really late. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Um, so I, I think we're going to get there. I think we're going to have five games this weekend. Yep. So unfortunately, you know, they tried to get Indiana, Purdue, the old Oak and bucket. It just was the old, old Oak and bucket was just not meant to be this year. And I think they knew that, which is why they changed the Ohio state role. So I am totally okay with it now before this, if, if Indiana had played this week, I would have been pissed off that they were not in the championship game. Interesting. Okay. Would you not have been? No, they changed the rule. They won it I fair know. and square, square with the rules that were put in place at the time. And then ex post facto, they get it removed to get the, Rug pulled out from under. It's kind, him? It's kind of BS. like it's kind of like the uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie arguments. I am I am the oddest person where I can honestly see both arguments. This same thing here. I get it. I I get why you. I get why Indiana fans would be upset. With that being said, what is best for the conference? What's best for the conference is the best team wins the conference and can potentially go to the college football playoff. I know people don't want to hear the you know high tides raise all boats deal, but. That is what happens with this. Yeah. And Ohio State going, I, I, and I can't get past the thing that I think we talked on a previous pod is that even if Michigan would have played a game and lost the game, they still would have held the head-to-head over Indiana to go to the Big Ten Championship. Ohio I, I, State. Ohio State would have held okay. it over Indiana to go to the Big Ten Championship. So I can't get past that. I can't get past that they're the best 
team. I can't get past that this is what's best for the conference. With that being said, I'm not trying to throw away your anger or what Hoosier fans have for anger. I, I'm not saying that they don't have a point of view, but it's completely a moot point now, now it than is. Indiana. Yes. Absolutely. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then even more so. Because, you know, if Ohio State couldn't have gone, then it'd be Penn State. And, and, and now put yourself in that, in those, in your shoes, in the shoes of Commissioner Alvarez. Okay. Yeah. Not, if you don't know for sure, but you're very confident that Ohio State can play, you, you can't take the risk that the Big Ten championship is Northwestern versus Maryland. You, no. you can't do that. Right. It, you have to go with what is just going to oh, make. Would it be Maryland? It would be Maryland because Maryland be won head to head. head. But what's how many wins does Maryland have? Are they two. three right now? No, Maryland is two and three. Okay, Penn but State's Penn State is three and five. five. So Penn State would be ahead of them. Okay. With that being said, Penn State goes to play Northwestern with a three and five record. I mean, the articles that would have been written, the oh, podcast recorded against the Big Ten, if that would have been the Big Ten championship game. That would have been bad. And certainly the Big Ten has made errors this year. I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job of diagnosing that. But there has had to be some in some amount of fluidity that has had to get shown across the board, all of the, of college football. It got to the point where it was, we realize a mistake is made. We need to rectify yeah. it. Remember when there was fluidity in the schedule? Yeah. Oh, those were the days. Those were the, I mean, the, I mean, the first schedule they released would have been the best. It was great. If they would have done exactly what they did here, but just put one week of buys somewhere in the middle, that would have been better for teams. It would have been better, but they just, you know, they just took so goddamn long deciding what they're going to do that is October 24th by the time you're playing. Correct. So you're adding another. Yep. I mean, we're just running out of weather here. Yes. You know, we've gotten, I mean, lucky with weather. we've gotten super lucky overall with weather. By the way, this is the time you're like this mark of delineation. When I drive to the downstairs athletic club and I see ice fishermen out. Sure. Oh yeah. So we're right on the lake, right? All over oh, the yeah. place. Always drives me nuts when I, or not drives me nuts, but just gives me the ibby jibbies when I see trucks out there. Like I just, yeah. Well, that's I don't think the ice is ready for that. No, it's yet. not quite. But yeah, that um, is weird. And then I've I've heard Iowa fans uh, just a little bit more in Champions Week. Then we'll move on. But I've heard Iowa fans that were upset that Iowa had Michigan at one point. There was an instance where I thought, hey, I would have rather have seen Iowa play Indiana again. Number one, I think they were trying to protect the rivalry, give the Oaken Bucket a chance, which yeah. I completely got. After that was over, Iowa had already played Michigan State and Penn State. Ohio State's in the Big Ten Championship. The only teams they had left to play was Michigan, Maryland, and Rutgers. At, out of those three. Yeah, you have to pick I would, Michigan. I would there, right? pick Michigan. Yeah. Now, the only thing that's outside of that is um, – uh, I think they were even matching up Michigan to Iowa. This is just a little conspiracy theory thought process, but we already knew Michigan was having Rona problems, right? Yep. Uh, uh, Iowa was the only Big Ten West team to play all their games. So which one should you get saddled with the highest chance to not yeah, play? Makes sense. And I was pissed that Illinois didn't get matched up with Michigan initially because, you know, it's a year that maybe we'd be able to beat them. Uh, but Iowa had already played Penn State. Hadn't played Michigan, so just made sense for Illinois to get screwed again and play uh, okay. Penn State. And that's fair, but in the end, once it came down to, we'll say, eight days ago, and things were kind of, we were starting to figure out how it was going to wind up, this is the absolute best the Big Ten could have done for Champions Week. Yeah, I, I, I would not change one matchup on, across this entire I wouldn't board. either. And speaking of best, 
the kickoff time for Nebraska at Rutgers was moved back which from awesome. four to six thirty, which is yeah. a great decision. Way yep. to go, Big Ten on that one. So we talked about IU Purdue being canceled, Michigan at Iowa was canceled. Um, oh yeah, here this one's interesting. Yeah, we've complained a lot about the leadership this year. Did you notice a guy named Jim Phillips, former athletic director at Northwestern, is now going to be the commissioner of the ACC? Boy, I, I just feel like ACC made a great move there. Yeah, they did. And, uh, I mean, for people who don't realize, Jim Phillips was the presumed Big Ten commissioner yeah. a year and a half ago. I mean, I thought it was just signed, sealed, and delivered. So did I. And yeah. then we were shocked when it turned out to not be him. Yeah. I mean, the other names we heard were like, nah, that's not going to happen. Nah, that's not going to happen. I don't think this will go down like this. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm now I am playing conspiracy theorist or just fun theorist. I don't, I don't know. Fun conspiracy, whatever you want to say, but what happens if Mr. Phillips was able to actually get Notre Dame to sign on permanently to the ACC? Oh boy. He would be hailed as, you know, the Jim Delaney of the ACC moving forward. And it would put so much pressure on our current commissioner if some just saying, if he does a great job at the ACC, yeah. it's going to apply pressure. If he hits a home run with something like that, just something fun to think about. I thought about the other day. And I'm pretty sure he's going to do a great job. I mean, yeah. just look what he did at Northwestern. It's amazing. Yeah. From facilities to coaching to winning to grades, you name it. It's, he's crushed it. He's fantastic. And another Illini. Aha. Uh -huh. Is he really? He is, yeah. Mm. Um, another thing with Northwestern. This will be the last uh, go around of yep. their defensive corner, Mike Hankwitz. So, so there, there is some light at the end of the tunnel for Big Ten West fans. Do the you, do you think it makes that big of a difference? Though he's a great defensive coordinator, so that's not up for debate. But it, it, the, the, the team has Fitzy's uh, fingerprints on it. That's true. Defense too. So true thoughts. I mean, I think it's got to make some difference. Got to ask Chappie that. Should have asked That's, him before. Yeah, we know. should have asked him. But yeah. Mike Hankwitz, defensive coordinator, Northwestern, is retiring at the end of this season. He's 73 years old. He's been coaching for 51 years, God. the last 13 at Northwestern. He's a Michigan grad. I did not know that. And he right now has, in his coaching career, he's been a part of 399 wins. Really? 399 wins. So they get, they're going to have two chances to get to 400. Two chances, let's hope. Wow. I would love to see him to get get to 400. In the bowl. Yes. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're second in scoring D this year in the country at 14.6 points per game. Amazing job I mean, he has done. Uh, very few do it better on being able to match up the athletes that you can get to the system that's run. I the, the, not the, sure there is one better. The, the intelligent play that they get out of every player on that defense is just amazing. Rarely Hank, a broken coverage, you know, rarely a guy out of place, tackle, a number of players on the field, penalties, you name it. Oh boy. Okay. Some good news here. Nebraska linebacker, Colin Miller, who is finally, you know, healthy yep. after that, uh, I guess they called it a concussion of the, Spine. the spinal column or yeah. something like that. He's retiring from football. So not, not a, happy thing but at least he's healthy yep uh, so that's good news there seemed like he had a really good attitude in the press yeah, conference yeah. i saw he's like hey i'm just glad i can run and play with my kids and blah 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 so great great attitude out of him and then a couple declarations for the nfl out of sparty land cornerback shakur brown and defensive tackle naquan jones have both declared for the draft i'm assuming they're not playing this week okay um 
Let's try to keep this quick and concise. All right. But the Illini search is still on. Oh, yeah. Very quick rundown on a couple who you've heard of, a couple who you'd like, a couple who you wouldn't like. Well, there's a couple names that keep popping up. It's Brett Bielema and Lance Leipold. So Brett is with the Giants right now, outside linebackers coach. 51 years old. Okay, Lance Leipold is the other one. He's at University of Buffalo. I believe he turns 57 He's going to be 57 soon. I know that. He formerly was at UW-Whitewater, which is where he played, too. He won six national championships at UW-Whitewater, which is amazing. You, if you get on his Wikipedia page, check out his postseason record. It's something like, I think I'm correct on this, 32-1. and one. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So... And you I want to say it was six championships, and it was in eight seasons, I believe. And he had one season that was kind of off. And I think I think he might have only lost six games the whole time he was there, five yeah. or six. But he had three in one year. So he had this off year, and I think maybe only two other losses the whole time he was at Whitewater. And so now he's at Buffalo, right? Now he's at Buffalo, yep. and he, he built a program there. So he did not build the Whitewater program. It was good before he got there. They they hit the ground running. But he's built Buffalo. He, you know, they had that Jarrett Patterson guy with eight touchdowns and 400 yards in that one game. They, they've, they've got the number one scoring offense in the country right now. So – a couple other names, Jeff Monken from Army is one that keeps popping up. So, um, let's see. So out of those, who would you choose yourself, Bickert? I mean, I, I don't think – so I'm really torn on this. Here's my here's – my, this has been my philosophy on Illini football is get an offensive-minded guy and someone that's just doing something completely different. Be unique, stand out. That's how you're going to, and that's how we've won in the past. Like Mike, I'm mean, going way back here, but Mike White years, you know, they've just thrown the ball all over the place. Um, but I don't know, maybe that's not the right way to go. Cause you look at, you know, Brahm is not, he, he started hot. Now he's kind of fizzling. Scott Frost hasn't hit the ground running yet with his spread tempo offense. So here's why I didn't want to go with someone like Bielema. Cause you're trying to beat Iowa and Wisconsin at their own game. We're not going to do that. I just don't. But then, but then I look back and say, well, we're not tra- trying to beat Iowa and Wisconsin. We're trying to beat Purdue and and Minnesota and Nebraska. So maybe that is the way to go. I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm up in the air right now. I'm just going to try to be positive about whoever they hire and not be too critical and give them a chance. I'm not happy. You can't you, make. <laughs> I'm not happy. I will never be happy, and you can't force me to be happy. Um, yes, I mean, I think I would err more on. So one thing I've heard is, well, let's not get too young of a coach because if he's too good, he gets hired away. Right and that's away. okay. I mean, I don't. But want- I, I, I just like Lance Leopold is older, so he's he, older. So and and he sounds like a great coach to me, which means I don't want him hired because I'm an Iowa fan. Um, I'm surprised at how much Illinois fans are poo pooing Brett Bielma. The guy has had a lot of success. I saw him coach in person at Iowa. Before he was, you yeah, know, he, I guess he's a, he was a good coach. Now, we we have to make sure we get the the fresh and ready to go Brett Bielma. And at 51, right. you can get that. If yeah. we And I'm kind of putting a, you know, so I, stipulation on here. But if we get that Brett Bielma, that's a good coach. I think I summarized Illini Nation's feelings on him when I say he's just never built anything. Okay, so he, he took over a good Wisconsin program, and they were still good. He went down to Arkansas. He couldn't get it done down in Arkansas. Also, we're just tired of hiring the failed guy. Okay. You know, it's so like, that's I don't have the history that Illinois fans yeah. have with Illinois football. Let's so get a guy who keeps succeeding. We want guys success. That's a good thing. Okay. You know, we just hired 
Lovey failed in the NFL. Um, uh, um, Zucker failed yep. in the SEC. Yep. So we're going to hire I another failure. Okay. It's just that's prayer. I want that's well explained. A winner. Give me a winner. God damn it. And last one before we move on. You think there's no chance for Luke Fickle? I don't think there's a chance. But yeah, that name does come up. Okay. The Fickle name comes up. That would be the biggest coup. I mean, I, here's the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope with Fickle. He didn't go to Michigan State. But at the time, I'm like, well, he doesn't want to compete to try to beat Ohio State, uh, Penn State, Michigan. And they were going through some ugly stuff at the time, And they were too. going through ugly stuff. If he's taken over, like, he, I think he probably does want to take over a, a Big Ten program at some point. But if he's in the West, he's not really directly competing against those guys. Sure, he's going to play Ohio State every now and then. He's yep. going to play Penn State. But I think one of the things is he doesn't want to compete directly against Ohio State. That's okay. just the feeling I got. Me too. Me so too. Yep. I, there is some hope. And the way that Cincinnati's getting screwed in the college football playoff, maybe he's saying, you know what? To hell with this. I'm never going to make it to the playoff from here. I definitely think that's part of it. Now, the only thing is, I think he's such a hot commodity that yes. he could coach at Cincinnati for another year. Roll the dice yep. that Cincinnati is going to be good. I mean, and Texas, he, USC, any, yep. you know. And he would definitely be a stepping stone guy. If he took over Illinois and did a good job, he'd be gone in three years. But if he did a good job, that means you enjoyed two, three, maybe four Which enjoyable seasons. And yeah. then if, he, you know, any young guy doesn't have to be fickle. A young guy that does that, again, you get two, three, four good seasons out of him. And then it looks more appealing to another Correct. young coach that would yes. come in and then say, well, if that guy did it, he's already got it up and going. Maybe I can be at Illinois for three, four years yep. and go to Texas or Correct. whatever. So I would be fine with a stepping stone coach. And who knows what Ryan Day is going to do? Maybe he wants to take off to the NFL or something. Maybe he's maybe he goes to Illinois and waits it out to take over Ohio State. Interesting. Good so, stuff. So back to Leipold. We've had this conversation. We we've already had this off air. His age doesn't really turn me off because I think that's a good age where if he does well, he's not leaving. Yep. And he looks good for 57. The pictures I've seen, the guy looks like he's... Right. I was shocked that he was 56. Looks like he's cut out of stone, so... Yeah. So, I guess, if I had my druthers, it'd be Leipold, I suppose. Okay. But I wouldn't mind Monken either. All right. I hope it's a really bad coach. I'm sorry. I mean, well, just look at history. It's probably going to be. (laughs) I mean... I feel bad saying that. Obviously, you're a great friend of mine, but like, you know, it's hard enough to win the Big Ten West the way it is. When and people tell me I knew Lovey was going to fail, I'm like, it's that's not that hard to know someone's going to fail. But I did not. I, I can't say that. I I thought he'd have pretty good success. No, I did too. But I mean, yeah. no, I'm not saying you, but when I hear that, it's like, yeah. oh, come on. It's like saying the sun's going to come up tomorrow. <laughs> Give me a break. Okay, one more thing here. Stu Mandel of The Athletic at SL Mandel. College football playoff is facing pressure to move the Rose Bowl to a less restrictive locale, and it's assumed AT&T Stadium in Dallas where the Cowboys play. So the reason is there's no spectators allowed at all in California. I mean, we got Pac-12 teams that are located in California that have been practicing, like Stanford practice in a high school in Arizona. And why was like, that? Like it was just like new restrictions or something? They couldn't. Well, yeah, it's just... They, they can't do anything in California, so you can't Jeez. practice. So, I mean, what what are these? I, I understand where this sentiment is coming from. Like, of course, y- you want the game to be played, number one. And number two, and I think it was Saban that came out and said it is, you know, we've got fans that want to go. We, they, they we, you know, this is a big game. We want to have a big game feel. Yeah. Even if you have 30 percent, 25 percent of the crowd in, it's better than zero. 
So the college football playoff management committee is meeting this week to discuss the possibility. And here's the one thing that this is like the, to me, the big sticking point. The Rose Bowl name is partially owned by the city of Pasadena. Yeah, so the Rose so Bowl won't get played. It, let's say they play it in AT&T Stadium. They're not going to call it the Rose Bowl. They nope. cannot call nope. it the Rose Bowl. Nope. It, it's trademarked. So it just the Rose Bowl would not get played this year, which would be the first time since 1915 that it didn't get played. Listen, I love your Rose Bowl. I have been to a Rose Bowl. It's one of the most amazing moments of my entire life, but... It is what it is. You know, it's like I think of Nebraska fans coming in the Big Ten. They still to this day, they're like, I don't get it. Why do you want to play at the Rose Bowl so bad? And they don't get it. And Big Ten fans do. We do get it. We love the Rose Bowl. But in this case, it is what it is, man. I mean, at this point, I would rather see the game move to Texas. I would too. Or whatever. All right, let's move on to the game. So as we talked, we had two taken off the board. That leaves us with one game on Friday and four games on Saturday the 19th. First up on Friday the 18th, the 2 and 5 Nebraska Cornhuskers traveling to the 3 and 5 Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Quick quick uh, uh side note. Uh, it, when they did the matchups, did they then seed them as the better team gets the home game? Boy, we never even thought about that, did we? Cuz the reason I ask is because I mean, technically speaking, Rutgers would be ahead in the Big Ten standings if it was like a you yeah. know fourteen team standings right. by one game because they're three and five to two and five. The reason I would I would argue for Nebraska getting the game is Nebraska only played three home games this year. Oh, and Rutgers wow. played all four of theirs, so now Rutgers is going to wind up with a fifth home game while Nebraska only had three. I guess they must have seeded them then, right? Okay. Or it's just a we should have looked at Nebraska again. I did look into it. I couldn't find it. No kidding. So I don't know what's going okay. on there. But anyways, this is a 6:30 p.m. game. As we already talked about, this game was in the afternoon and got moved back after the Oak and Bucket got canceled. This is on Big Ten Network line. Huskers by six and a half. Over under is 54, um, which basically spells out somewhere around a 30 to 24. Huskers type of game money pretty evenly split. We're like hmm. 60 40 right here. Weather seems to still be pretty good 35 degrees and nice in Piscataway. So, a couple things here Nebraska offensive lineman, which I didn't mention in housekeeping, yep. uh, Brendan James, he, he declared for the NFL as well. So, he will not be playing. They are really young on the line right now. They're going to have three freshmen and one sophomore starting on the offensive line this weekend. Now, Rutgers quarterback Noah Vedrill, we think, may play. He right? has not been ruled out. That's all I can get figured out. Okay, so let's call him questionable at this point. They're dinged up. They have several others out. Christian Izian may not play. Um, Brennan White may not play on the defense. So and a, maybe kind of a wash there on players out. We'll, we'll see about that. I, I feel like we should declare this to be the Vedrill Vokalek Bowl. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So Noah Vedrill transferred from Nebraska to Rutgers. <laughs> Travis Vokalek, the tight end, transferred from Rutgers to Nebraska. So this is the Vedral Vokalek Bowl here. VV, so we we know um, uh, Vokalek is going to play. I hope Vedral plays. Um, No offense to Vokalek, but Vedral playing would have a little bit more of a storyline to it, obviously. Yeah, but Travis has had a solid year. No, he has, but, you know, tight ends aren't typically going to get as much fanfare as a quarterback. So it would be good to see. A um, couple Nebraska uh, players saying how they're still good friends with Noah Vedro. So pretty cool if this gets to be to be played. Um, you know, when you're talking about the uh, Nebraska offensive line, kind of a theme here. Uh, if you got a younger player, play them. You, you know, even more than a, a bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
the win or loss that you get in this game as either Rutgers or Nebraska, I don't believe is going to play into anything. You're, you, I don't believe there's going to be enough slots for either one of these teams to get to a bowl game. No. You are literally... I, I, well, remember, is, hold on, remember, there's no requirement for wins. I understand that. With that being said, there is three bowls that have been taken off the board Correct. for the Big Ten, so we are down to very few slots for Big Ten teams. I think you could pretty much go with you're going to have either a winning record or you're going to be right at 500 from the Big Ten in order to go. See, but if it's up to the bowl to they choose could. whoever they want, Nebraska travels so damn well if they get to put people in the It's stands. possible. It's possible they but would I, take a three and five but, Nebraska. Yeah, but then again, you're right. There's not going to put. I think there is, would but... be pressure. The way I understand, you're, you're you're right. Okay, and this is a different year, so I don't want to. I'm not like disagreeing with you. With that being said, I think there's going to be pressure to take a higher place team Probably. in the Big Ten. But speaking of bowls, I feel like this week kind of has a bowl week feel. A little to bit, it, in a little a bit. Yeah, it's a unique weekend. I mean, there's great college basketball on this weekend. There's great college football. It's it's kind of a sports smorgasbord this weekend. Okay, let's talk about the game here. Um, right now, I think it's fair to say that there's one team coming in hot and one team hotsy hotsy, one team Nazi Nazi. Well, yeah. For, so of course, Nebraska's hotsy Nazi. Rutgers is hotsy hotsy. Yeah. So, but here's the th- okay. So I, I'm just because it's kind of like a bowl week. I'm trying to figure out where everyone's head is because. There's a lot of do you want to be there kind of feel in a bowl game, and I feel like that applies to here too. I just if Nebraska ends up with two wins on the season, if they lose this game, and on the flip side, if Rutgers ends up with four wins on the season, which would be amazing, right? So, so it's almost like Rutgers is playing to make their fun season fun season even better, whereas Nebraska. Trying need to salvage something, something. Need something good going into the offseason. So I think you could make an argument. It means just as much for one team as it does I the other. I think so. Now when you go to the X's and O's. So what I thought, you know, that I was dead wrong about going into last week with Nebraska is they were playing a, a defensive uh, team that was shredded for most of the year. And I just thought there would be enough there for Nebraska's offense to just take off. I thought so, too. This isn't a good Rutgers defense. No, it's not great. So is this... But it's better, a little better than than Minnesota. Right. So that's fair to say. So at a 54-point over-under, Vegas thinks there's going to be points uh, scored in this game. And if they put Nebraska as a, you know, uh, almost a touchdown favorite... That means they think Nebraska is going to score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. If that happens, if you know, if it plays out like Vegas says, then you got to ask the question: Where are those points coming from? Where are those points coming from? Well, all right, we know that that Adrian Martinez had a off week last week, but before that, he was playing pretty well. Okay, and we got a banged up secondary. The safeties are are really banged up for Rutgers right now. So I think. Obviously, he's going to run a little bit. We know that. But I think they would come from him passing. Okay. I really do. That's how I think it plays and out. I, it's, a, it's a good answer to the question. If good Adrian Martinez shows up Friday night, I feel very good about Nebraska. It's just it's hard to have any confidence right now with that. I know, man. Then on the other side of it, I, I mean, I feel like uh, Rutgers on offense has just figured out a way to hodgepodge this thing together all year long. Hey, why Why would this Friday night be any different? And when Art's in there, it looked pretty good, too. So I was if, shocked. If Vedral doesn't play, I, that may not be the worst thing in the world. He, he was efficient. 
Yeah. He was effective. Yeah. And I hope Vedral plays, but I mean, I've kind of become an Art Sikowski fan because he mm-hmm. stuck it out. He's there. Remember, he was going to transfer. He was right. in the portal. I know. And he kind of quote unquote quit on his team. Then he said, okay, I'm not going to leave yet, but I'm not playing the rest of the year. And th- so I questioned his attitude, to be honest with you. But at least he's stuck around. He's and now he's stuck he's around helping his team. And boy, I tell you what, do you think coaching makes a difference? Oh. Art Sikowski could not have looked worse most of the time he was playing. Different coaching staff comes in. He looks better. I he mean, looks that's like just... a different player. I mean, he always had a good arm. He always had a good release. He's got a, you know, he's a big body dude. So you'd look at him and say, I want him to be good. He just wasn't. But you're right. He's, it's made an incredible difference. So, okay, I just, I still go back to who wants this one more. I think Nebraska's just so desperate for a win. Okay. I, 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 I'm giving the edge to Nebraska here. Yes, I know they're six and a half point favorites. I'm saying Nebraska 30. Rutgers 27, so that's a Rutgers cover, and that's an over. Okay. Here we go again. We're doing it again. Um, Yes, I really can't add too much more because that's exactly what I'm thinking. The other side of it would be as rough as any Nebraska season has been, and and I don't mean to pot shot, but five out of the last six seasons have been pretty rough. Yep. But there's always something that gives them fire going into the offseason. Okay. There's This is it? Now, at one point, I even thought to the point where I'm like, all of a sudden, Nebraska pulls it all together. Defense looks like at times the defense has looked really good. Yes, absolutely. So basically as good, if not the best defensive performance they have. Adrian Martinez, no turnover, does not turn, no fumbles, no picks, gets back to that accurate passer. Boom. Nebraska wins 44 to 14. And that fuels the Husker fire. Sure. GBR. All season long, off season long. That could happen, mm-hmm. but in the end, how about just kind of a last second touchdown to get the win? All the one score losses that have gone yep. against them the whole year, yep. they get the last second one score win that they're looking for. That fuels their fire. I like that. Going into the offseason, GBR all offseason. I've got Nebraska 28. Rutgers 27, so that's Hmm. a very slight over, but that's a Rutgers cover. Yes, sir. All right, moving on to Saturday the 19th. We've got four games. First one up, as you might have guessed, we're going to leave that one to the end, so we're going to move into the first afternoon game. I do like how they space things out. Did about as good a job as they can, I think, to space the the four games out on Saturday. So first up, yes, sir. Three and three, Minnesota Golden Gophers at the two and three, Wisconsin Badgers. Side note again, Minnesota has the better record, but the game was played at Minnesota at home last year. So I wonder sure. if they're airing towards take putting it in Madison and then it would be back in Minnesota next year. You know, it'd be nice to know these things. You know, I would like to know, but these that is my guess on this one. Okay, once again, three and three, Minnesota traveling to Madison to take on the two and three, Wisconsin Badgers. This is a three o'clock p.m. game. On Big Ten Network, line Badgers by 12, over under 47.5. So we're saying something around a 28 to 17 Wisconsin win. Weather, not great. Uh, Mid 30s, it could be snowy. You know, we're three days out. It's kind of four days out. It's kind of hard to tell uh, exactly what that is. Right now, 81% of the money is on the Gophers. Now, that's not to pick straight up, that's on the spread. They're getting 12 points, so, but that's interesting enough. Okay, so Minnesota, we still don't know how many players are going to be out with the row. There'll be a lot. 
You th- I bet you there'll be a press conference or if there isn't already where PJ is going to say how many people they're down. I think that'll, that also means they're going to have to be really young on the field. I'm pretty sure. I don't sure. think there's any doubt about that. Okay. So the thing that sticks out to me, well, first of all, before, and if I haven't already made it clear, I'm just so happy as of right now, Wednesday night, I, I, I want the ax to be played so bad. Yeah. Like it, this, this is what I'm talking about. The big 10 finally did good things. We, we got to keep the ax street going. Yes. Awesome. And, and let's, again, we like to, we like to, you know, rib PJ a little bit here and there, but he's playing the game. He wants to play the game. So let's give him credit. Absolutely. I mean, I think, if we haven't made that clear, I think PJ has wanted to play football himself this entire year. <laughs> I do. I think he's had outside pressure put on him on why he hasn't been able. And then like, he's done. You a- mean like he wants to suit up and actually get on the field? <laughs> yes, I think you're right. Is he going to pull a hamstring running into the <laughs> locker room or down the field at some point? So, okay, go ahead. Okay, so here's what sticks out to me bad defense for Minnesota, bad offense for Wisconsin, good offense for Minnesota, good defense. For Wisconsin. It is strength on strength, weakness versus weakness. It sure is, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, what, so we got a 47.5 point total here. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's almost like those are all a wash, right? Here's what the 47.5 point total meant to me it meant that they think Wisconsin's defense is going to be the best unit on the field out of the four we just talked about. Which they will be. Yes. They should be. So that means they essentially believe that they are controlling. You know, yeah, good point. To a certain degree, the entire game, just with the Wisconsin defense alone. Yeah, and we still got Mo in the backfield for the Gophers, but the passing game is not what it used to be. Chris Hoffman Bell's doing a great job picking up the slack, but still not the same as having Rashad Bateman out there. I mean, good receivers still for Minnesota, I believe. Solid. Solid. That's fair to say. I would say solid. But right now, they still have a pretty good triumvirate going on with the Minnesota offense with Ottman Bell, Mo, Ibrahim, and Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. That ain't too bad. The offensive line, I mean... They've been okay. It always seems to round into a decent offensive line. It is amazing. I mean, mean, they're playing at least a couple freshmen right now. Absolutely. Of all the units on the Minnesota team that I've got to give the most credit to. No offense to Mo. He's just a talented dude. The offensive line, seem, they always seem to play pretty well, depending, almost not, doesn't even depend on who's out there. It is, you know, since PJ got to Minneapolis, it's been pretty impressive. It has been his, pretty good. His offensive line development has been really good. Not what have I expected, but it's, it's definitely what happened. On the other side, is it as simple as, is Minnesota good enough? to stop the Wisconsin rushing attack. Because if they are, I'll tell you one thing, <laughs> this game is going well under for, mm-hmm. for the total, and that would swing things towards Minnesota winning the game. For sure. So this is the X game, of course, right? So it's this is a rivalry. So we kind of got to throw out the stats in some to a capacity. Degree. Yeah. I mean, because, look, Minnesota's going to show up for this game. Absolutely. This is their biggest game of the year. I mean, yes, but it wasn't a great showing last year. Touche. But I agree with you that it wasn't that long ago that it was a good showing two years ago. (laughs) I understand. I I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I I was surprised uh, at the game last year to a certain degree. I do think Minnesota's defensive line has been looking better. And because of that, the linebacker play was better. I mean, oh, the linebacker play was great last week. I mean, uh, big time defensive player of the week. Correct. Last week. 18 Um, tackles. Sorry, Marin. So the defense just overall. Has looked better. I think so. I think they're improving. And I don't think this is the Wisconsin uh, O-line. 
and um, uh, no, running back. It's just not. It just is not. We've been we already waiting. know Burgers out of this game as well. Yeah, we've been waiting 25 years for a drop-off, and we finally get a drop-off. Just took the- a worldwide pandemic to, yeah. to have it happen, but it, it has been off this year. So contagion is what it took to not have a good running game for, Minnie- yeah. for, uh, for uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so there's reasons, I believe, to be pretty – Confident, I think, if you're a Minnesota fan, that you could expect your team to look pretty good. I think so. I mean, you you definitely are riding high after traveling down I-35 and getting the win in Lincoln last week. Wisconsin fans, you know, me reading the tea leaves, they're not real. They're not. I mean, they they're not very confident in their offense right now. Well, like, it, nor should they be. I mean, it has really struggled. It's been ugly. It's been ugly. So, what do you got? Okay. Well, it is the axe game. I, I like PJ as a motivator. He gets his teams up for games like this. So I don't care how many people are out from Minnesota. I think they're going to play a good game here. And they're going to cover the spread because they're they're going to lose to Wisconsin 24 to 21. <laughs> really setting them up there. And that's an under. What was it? Uh, 24 to 21 Wisconsin. Uh, okay. so, so Minnesota does cover, yep. lose the game, that's an under. I'm not too far off. I agree with you. I do believe Minnesota is going to play. I think this is going to be a hard-hitting game. I think it's going to be quite a bit similar to the uh, Iowa-Wisconsin game last weekend. But in this case, I just have so much faith in that Wisconsin defense. So I've got Wisconsin 21, Minnesota 13. The under in this game is one of the best bets on the board this week for me. And it's pretty much kind of an easy cover for Minnesota. Although, you know, one score could swing that thing the other way. All right, next up, we've got the 2-5 and five Illinois Fighting Illini traveling into Happy Valley to take on the 3-5 and kind of hot Penn State Nittany Lions. This is a 4.30 p.m. game, getting the FS1 treatment line. Nittany Lions by 15 and a hook. Over-under is 52. So they're basically saying this doesn't completely compute out, but it's like 34-20 to 20 Nittany Lions. I like to try to make the fi- the score look like what an actual score would be. Of course. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. To, okay. Um, weather looks okay. 35 degrees, but dry is what they're looking at. 95% of the money is on Penn State. Are you serious? It's tough to get that high of a line. I might change my, <laughs> That's my score then. Um, yeah. So, okay, we're, we know that R- Lovey Smith got fired. Interim head coach is going to be offensive so coordinator. What is, what is your – what's your – What's your thought process as a fan? What do you think about this game? I've been dying to ask you this. Okay. Well, here's one thing I can tell you is watching an interim coach team, like the one game, like the first game of interim is always a lot of fun, right? Because they pull everything out. They pull trick plays, onside kicks, fake punts. I mean, you name it. Uh, reverses. And, so, and, and then I feel like the players get a boost. They're the like, the players always get a boost. They always get a little juice from having an yeah. interim coach. So, um, I didn't realize the, the line had moved to 15 and a half. I thought it was at 14 and a half. It doesn't make a huge difference there, but 95%, that really surprises Insane. me. Like it's hard to get over 90. I mean, that. here's, I, now, I, but here, hold on. But here's one thing. Who's calling the defense? Cause Lovey was the defensive coordinator. They, there was no co, there was no assistant. He was the defensive coordinator. He called the defense. His son was the linebackers coach, both of them gone. So we have three defensive coaches in this game. Two, two came from, I mean, none of them have a lot of experience. The most experienced one is, is Kenoto uh, Hudson, the defensive backs coach. Maybe we have a reason why 95% of the money is on Penn State so here. Here was my thought. Have a fifth-year senior call the defense. <laughs> 
I mean, in all lot okay, in this instance, right? In this instance, if everything was the same, but Jay Lehman was the linebacker, he would essentially be the defensive coordinator that day. He would call the plays. He would. Did you hear uh the yeah. news about Lehman? Yeah. He he well, no, it's not a rumor. It's the truth. He he said oh, it was on, him saying it. That's right. Okay. He, he was said it on a radio interview, uh uh Tay and Jay's show. Um, no, not Tay and Jay, um, Tay and Piper, uh, Lante and, and Derek Piper have a, a afternoon show in Champaign. He, he lives in Champaign, Jay Lehman is. So he comes on the show a lot, comes on the show. And he said that he offered to Lovey to be the linebackers coach and got turned down. And Lovey said, no, that's all right. I already got my guy. And his guy was his son, son. Miles Smith. Yeah. Well, hasten. And, you know, I forgot to say something before to all the haters that are like, why would you fire a coach during a pandemic? Blah, blah, blah. It it was time for Lovey to go. It was time. It just and then you then you list out his record at Illinois. I don't want to go deep down, but I'm just trying. I just want to let you know. It's stupid whenever I hear that. Well, so anyways. my comment to somebody there, there was a thread about this on Twitter this week, and it was you know some national reporter saying, oh, you know I don't think they should have let Lovey go. I thought I was making thought they were making progress, and just reading the thread. And nobody was a Big Ten fan. I'm like, there's a lot of quote unquote out of town stupid yes, in this. That was thread a good here. comment. Um, Switching over to the other side, has Penn State just kind of rounded into a pretty darn good football? Team? I think so. I mean, I think their talent showing through. I think they finally gelled. The coaching so- showing through. This is the team we kind of expected to see down a bunch of players, but still, even down those players, we we thought they'd be a good team. So I feel like they're they are that team right now. Okay, I want to challenge you on that, like. The team that I thought Penn State was going to be back in August is better than this team. Even this team playing no, I, better now. Yeah, but the team back in August had Micah Parsons and had yes, okay, uh, you know all the That's guys fair. that are out. So yeah. if you add those guys back yes, to this team, okay. I think they'd totally be the team that. we expected. Totally get that. You know, in the end, I think we've kind of disrespected the Penn State defense a little bit. They, Solid this, defense. this is a good defense. Like they're, they're not, they aren't up there with. You know, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Iowa, but no, but, but they're th- right this after is a that. really good defense. Yes, yeah, this is, is a really good defense. So, you know, you kind of scared me a little bit with the trick plays of the Illinois stuff, you know, like side. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like, I, I would could Juice just be let loose here? A so, that's bit? a big question I have is who will Rod Smith start at quarterback? Because his traditional offenses have a running quarterback always. He, you know, we know that Brandon Peters can pull it and run here and there, but he's not a run first kind of quarterback. I don't know who's going to start this game. It's That's the biggest question I have. Here. And my guess is Penn State doesn't either. And of they course, he's not going to show his ball. hand. No. I don't know. Yeah, it's th- that reason alone to just watch the first couple series. I mean, I'm going to watch the whole game. Don't get me wrong. But that first couple series to see what Illinois comes out with is going to be interesting. On the other side, you know, can Sean Clifford play just a clean game because if that's the case I feel like their wide receivers are definitely capable of causing issues for the Illinois defense that absolutely has had issues versus the past the whole season yeah. and now we don't know who's calling the plays I mean I'm thinking about <laughs> upping my score here just a little bit I mean, but Parker Washington uh Jahan Dotson against that really bad defensive backfield they've been terrible this year especially in the safety position um yeah Interesting. So this is a fun game. This could be a fun. It game is a to fun watch. game. So okay, here's what I feel like is going to happen. So I, I, I've been thinking the whole time. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to change my score? I don't think I'm going to change my score. 
Here's what I, I think they will come out with some juice. I think they'll come out hot. Remember, was it uh, 2018 they played Penn State? were leading in the second half. Ended, ended up getting blown out. But I think they're going to come out hot. But then I think eventually Penn State's going to pull away. Yeah. And not only are they going to win, I think Penn State's going to cover. Penn State 38, Illinois 21. That's a Penn State covering and over. Okay. Well, 30, you said 38 to what? 38 to 21. Yeah, that's okay. All right. So I'm not too far off from you there. Pretty much everything you just said. Um, I can see Dotson and Parker Washington doing well in this game as long as the weather conditions allow it to, and it looks like they will. So I've got Penn State 34, Illinois 17. So just a ever so slight under for the total and a Penn State cover. All right, next up, we've got the two and five Michigan State Spartans traveling down to State College or down to uh, uh, College, Park. College Park. Thank you to take on the two and three Maryland Terrapins. This is our last game, last quote unquote regular season Big Ten game. I don't know how you, how you even announce it. This is at 630 p.m. on Big Ten Network line Terps by two and a half over under 50.5 Vegas is saying this will be the best game of the weekend. This is the closest spread we got. Um, so they're basically saying somewhere around a 28 to, to 24 Maryland type of game weather good again. I don't know what the deal is with college park, but we're, we're could be pushing mid forties during the day. And it looks like it was even supposed to be sunny and warm during the day. Okay. A couple things here, Maryland quarterback, Taulia, Tungavailoa and linebacker Chance Campbell. Those are two big ones. Yeah. They're all it up, I yep. think. Doesn't sound like they're going to play. Yep. Okay, Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne has been declared the starter for this game. And no as brainer. I mentioned before, Shakur Brown, the cornerback, Naquan Jones, defensive tackle, won't be playing this game for Michigan State. So yep. there's a lot of, a lot of players, question there's marks There's dudes here. out. There's dudes that are out. Yep. So I'm going to start with Michigan State. And believe it or not, their offense. Because Peyton Thorne found something last week. I believe so, too. And they found their quarterback. He looked great. And I think he's going to be tough to stop in this game. I, I think that's going to continue. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing the same thing again. I mean, either way, this should be young players playing and just having some fun. Like, I, my yep. first note is here is, let's get crazy, right? Let, let's – I I really want – the Big Ten, quote unquote, whatever you want to call it, regular season end with some fireworks. Mm-hmm. I think this game has the potential to provide that yeah, for us. Yeah, because neither team has anything to lose right now, right? No, no. I mean, Maryland played better than they thought they were going to. Michigan State played better than they thought they were going to. Michigan State's having fun now. Uh, Dante Demas, uh, Rakim Jarrett. I'm looking forward to those guys going against a Shakur Brownless defensive backfield for, for sure. Michigan State. For sure. There could be some fireworks I, here. I think so, too. I mean, Peyton Thorne is your quarterback. Not only is your quarterback, he's your quarterback for the future. Now, I'm not saying he throws the ball 48 times, okay, but maybe 41? <laughs> I mean, sure. Because the running attack, I mean, I've heard rumors. I mean, they're down to the nubbins here for who they even have to run the ball. Okay. And they're, they're not running the ball well, anyways, right? This is a Maryland secondary back seven. It's it's not been good, you know, all year. I mean, nope. it's definitely gettable through the air. I mean, the the two things I feel like you can you can rely on the Michigan State offense is now suddenly your quarterback and the guys he's throwing it to. Chuck it up. I want to see I want to see 350 yards and three touchdowns. I do too, and I think it's possible. Now here's the here's the big question though. On the other side, who plays quarterback for Maryland? Because you got Lance Lejean. Lejean. Is or, that really how you say it? By the way, I think it is. <laughs> okay. Well, now if you were French, you would say La Lejean. 
because <laughs> right. they don't pronounce any of the letters. No, just to be pricks. And by the way, just a bit of caution: if you have a, if you happen to run into a Frenchman, don't ask them why don't you pronounce the whole word. Yeah, because I've made that mistake before. Or just don't talk to them. That's what I'm okay, mostly Okay, that'd found. be another one. Yeah, okay. But just just the little words of wisdom yeah. from Big K. I've, I've I, made that mistake for you. I, I worked with a Frenchman recently, and he is, as advertised, I mean, intelligent, quick-witted, and a total prick. The funny thing is, he got, he got uh, introduced to a Canadian Frenchman, and they both spoke French. Oh, yeah. They hate, hated him. He's I like... Th- no, I think Canadian he, Frenchmen never get along with... Frenchman, 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 or vice versa, but anyways, okay. Um, yeah, let's add some fun here. I mean, I can't see any any reason why there wouldn't be points scored in this So game. if it's not Lon Lejean, it would be Eric Nigeria, yeah. who's a walk-on. And we saw him. He did pretty good last he week. He looked pretty good. Yeah. yeah. They, so. Oh, boy. So losing, a bi- losing your best player on the line, yeah. losing your best player in the backfield, there's going to be points, right? I would think so. Gosh. You're seeing what I'm seeing. I'll go first here. Yeah, you go first. I got Michigan State 35, Maryland 30. So at 65, that's full 15 points over. This is my second favorite uh, line of the entire. Actually, there's two of them that I like in this game. I like the over 50.5, and I like uh, Michigan State catching two and a half points here. I yeah. mean, Michigan State catching two and a half points simply because. What the hell? We have no idea what's going to happen in this game. To no. pretend that anybody has That's a good point. Any we idea? Don't, we don't know. So take the points. You don't know? Take the I points and have some fun. I am. I don't like any game this weekend other than this one. I'm definitely having some fun with my special friend on this one because we got we to gotta end on a bang here. Okay. I also like Michigan State. I like them to win the game. I like them to barely cover. So I like Michigan State 31 to 28, and that's an over. Well, that would Terps are favored by two and a half, so they would cover oh, I'm quite, sorry. E- quite easily there. Yes, right. yep. mistake. Okay, I just want to make sure yeah, you know. Easy cover. Easy cover by Michigan State. All right, that blink brings us to the. The six and one, number 14th ranked Northwestern Wildcats going into Indianapolis to play the Big Ten Championship versus the 5-0, number four-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox line. The Buckeyes by 21, so an even three touchdowns. Over-under is 57.5. So kind of cheating here, but they're roughly saying 40-20 to Buckeyes in this game for the total. Um, 85% of the money is on the Buckeyes weather. What do they make it in dome? 72 degrees. What do you think the temperature is? Do you think I they go a little, a little lower than, than that? Than I would say it'd be like, like high sixties. Okay. I think, yeah. Right? I, was gonna, I would think so. 70. I always hear 72 degrees. I, I think that's probably a little, warm. I mean, think about the heating bill there, <laughs> you know? Big, yeah. I would think lowering it from 72 to 67. You'd probably save a lot of money. I would think in a dome situation. I mean, I wonder if it's not even low sixties. It could be, it could be. Put on a sweatshirt and cheer. Um, So, you know, first of all, we didn't really talk about the uh, just the bullshit levels of college football playoffs and just the freaking monkey business. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Um, But with that being said, I mean, there's only one team, obviously, in the Big Ten that's playing to get into the college football playoffs, and it's Ohio State. Um, Ohio State wants to win the game. They want to win it convincingly. Okay, Um, we've kind of said it before. It, It probably should be reiterated. There is a gigantic difference between being the four ranked number four team and the second or third team. 
no difference between being two or three. Nope. Gigantic difference not being four. Correct. So this is a big thing that Ohio State is playing for. Well, and one of those two teams ahead of them is going to lose. Correct. So that's what we're talking about. With that being said, um, I could see a situation, okay, where – so I am assuming Alabama is going to win. I've even heard a podcast that today that thinks even if Alabama loses, they would still be the number one seed. Wow. Which, if you break it down, we're not going to do it now. It's it's possible that that's going to happen. But I guess chalk, it's possible, yeah. It's possible. It's possible. It is. Because you're basically still looking at it as a resume thing. And seeing as how Florida lost to a horrible LSU team. That was only, down a bunch of players. Right. And only moved down one spot. Oh. Is it really hard to think the college football playoff committee would keep Alabama at number one, even with a loss? No. I think not. It's not hard. But in that case, Florida would bring themselves into the mix as one of the four. Yes, they would. Texas A&M is still lingering there. And then you got Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay. Clemson lost to Notre Dame first time around. Let's say it's a thriller that Clemson wins this time. Okay. Now you've got Clemson and Notre Dame both with one win. Alabama is the shoe-in for the one seed. To me, that's probably the worst-case scenario for Ohio State because there's a chance that they would still wind up at four and have to play Alabama first round. Sure. However, something that would help out is if Ohio State looks amazing on Saturday morning. Side note, the Big Ten putting this at 11 o'clock is smart in my mind. I guess technically it is more eyeballs, more eyeballs. Okay. They're, they're trying to give Ohio state as much chances to prove themselves, to get in and look better. So I still think this should be a night game. I don't care if it's not as many eyeballs. I'm not going to argue. It just feels like championship games should be played at night. I'm not going to argue with you. Is there also a chance where, you know, if they just think this is a somewhat comfortable win, People are going to start clicking off the game anyways, so might as well get the Buckeyes on TV when everybody's going to essentially glue yeah. into it. I mean, uh, Iowa State and Oklahoma play at the same time, so they're not the only ones playing an early game. Okay. ACC plays in the afternoon. The SEC plays at night. So we're talking here, you know, as we all know, that Northwestern has no chance in this game. I'm not saying that. And to speak on Northwestern, I feel like we're, we're idiots, by the way. We kind of... We kind of poo-pooed Northwestern on the last podcast. We did? The way I understand it. I never poo-poo. The way I understand it is we were debating on who the second best team is in the Big Ten. And we talked a little bit on, you know, Iowa and Indiana. And we didn't mention Northwestern. We should have. So I just want to say Northwestern deserves to be in the Big Ten championship. They were the best team in the Big Ten West. No doubt about it. There is there's no argument there. They should be ranked in front of Iowa. They have a better record. They beat them head to head. We believe Absolutely. results on the field matter. No, now, my point was that okay. today, on that day that we recorded, I felt like Iowa was the second best team in the Big Ten. And shame on us for not mentioning Northwestern. Though. That was wrong. And the funny thing is, I believe there was a sidelines Northwestern Wait, that, that gave us Was that wrong? <laughs> should I not have done that? Because had I known, that sort of thing was frowned upon. Perfect use of that. So, anyways, no, we we should not just just shush away Northwestern here. No. First of all, if you do that, the deal that Fitzy has made with, you know, I mean, that the just, devil. It seals the deal, right? I wonder if even Ohio State fans, to a certain degree, like, hey, just don't be putting stuff out. You know what? My guess, is, seen much, my guess is they have no idea. 
They might not. I think they have no idea. Kind of like Utah in the bowl game last yes. year. Yes. They just thought. They are Utah. <laughs> or two, two years ago, so I think you, it was. Do you know who the number one pass, pass efficiency defense in the country is right now? I'm going to guess it's Northwestern. It's the Northwestern Wildcats. Yeah. Do you know? Well, so they must be bad at stopping the run, right? Do you know what they are in the country? Rush defense, yards g- given up, so, yards per so, game. So, obviously around 7th or 8th. 21st. But okay. still pretty damn still good. pretty good. Okay. Okay, so... They're, they have 12 interceptions yep. in seven games. Right. That's incredible. They're uh, number 11 in third down conversion defense. All right, so now let's talk about Ohio State on offense. We Now, we know that Northwestern has the number one pass efficiency defense. Where is Ohio State in pass efficiency offense? Second. Second. Okay. Good. Very good. Where are they in total scoring? About as high. Fourth. Okay. Uh, let's see. They're... 24th in yards per game pass offense. Here's one, though, that you probably wouldn't think of. They're tied for fifth in defensive touchdowns. No. I, and they've I, only played fi- in the country. They've insane. played five games. They yeah. have three defensive touchdowns in five games. Yeah. And we've been we've been banging on their defense all year. They've started to come around. I feel like I haven't banged on it as much as some people. Yeah, I, I feel I like have. I've defended. Um, yeah, so these are – and another thing I'd like to point out is, you know – with you know Ohio State's passing passing efficiency numbers, and I, th- I bet you if you took a look at the stats and just looked at their passing yardage, the reason it's not high is because they just quit throwing the sure, ball because they're up so much in games and they want to keep Justin Fields happy. Sure, with with healthy. teams like that, it's kind of hard to really take stats and project to how good the team is. Um, another thing to point out here too: this is you know in the favor of Northwestern. Ohio State's played one game in the last month. And they haven't played a game in two weeks. So that that airs towards Northwestern. Northwestern just, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're fresh, but then at the same time, they could be rusty. True. Could go both ways. you could look at it both ways. That's a good point. You know, there is a lot of reasons to tune into this game to see how this thing looks. And one of the things that you feel like Indiana, you know, kind of put the, the playbook out there a little bit, right? Now, so that, now, Indiana, now, okay, now Indiana's defense and Northwestern's defense, they, they, they are not the same. That They are the opposite North, of a Spider, Spider-Man meme. Right. Like, I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, Indiana is slashing corners that come in. Blitz and, isn't like crazy, yeah. So I'm, that's not Northwestern's thing hmm. per se. No. But it's not crazy to think that Northwestern is going to be dialing up some mixes of Blitz. Why? Because that's what has been the only thing we've ever seen to make Justin Fields look like a human being. Correct. And also they haven't like Ohio state doesn't have blitz packages on film that much versus the Northwest. If they're looking at all the film from Northwestern uh, uh, games this year, they don't see much. So that now is a perfect time to Northwestern to come up with some exotic blitzes. Also, because I don't think you have a choice if you you have to. Okay. Fair enough. No, you you sit back. Here's what you got to do in this game. You got to make big plays. You got to stop big plays. You got to have turnovers. You got to have luck. You got when they get in the red zone, you got to find a way to stall. Them. You got to do everything right in this game if you're Northwestern. And I tell you what, Northwestern, you brought up a really good point right there. Northwestern uh, stalling Ohio State's offense out in the red zone. Not only could I see it, I expect it. Mm-hmm. The only way this is a blowout for Ohio State is if they hit the 40, 50, 60 yarders. Where yes. obviously there's no need to get into the red zone. Yep. One hundred percent I believe 
Northwestern's game plan is in certain instances, dial it blitz to try to get to Justin Fields, especially if he's just, he's just going down the field, you know, and just bing, bing, bing and hitting and hitting plays. But overall, stop those big plays and then have faith in your senior, your three linebackers with, I've, I believe it's 642 starts between the three yep. of them. Trust them to get the ball uh, batted down and, and keep the ball in front of them in the red zone. Yep. And, you know, everyone that's betting on Ohio State, I can't believe, what percentage is on Ohio State? Uh, 85% is on Ohio State. So I guess they're just thinking, well, it's Ohio, Ohio State. State. They, they got they got players. The betters that are putting money on Ohio State over Northwestern right now, I I guarantee you 90% of them are looking nothing other than what the, the name of the uh, school is on the front of the jersey. So here's what I can't get past for Ohio State is that Indiana game. I know Indiana's a good team, but they had them down 35-7, to seven and they couldn't get rid of them. That, to me, for okay. Ohio State. But now we're going to flip over to the other side because there's something I like to point out. Go ahead. They had them down 35-7. to seven. How did okay. how did Indiana get back in the game? Well, they were just throwing it all over the place. Who they who's Ohio State playing? They play Northwestern. Okay. I I know. I I I'm sorry, football gods. I don't mean to put it out there, but this is not the passing attack that is going to touch That's up good point. this Buckeye defense. I understand that Ohio State has struggled, okay? But Peyton Ramsey somehow got third team all Big Ten in both media. Like that's more of a conversation on the not so good quarterback play in the Big Ten this year than it is Well on, and also just Peyton, Ram, Peyton Ramsey had some bad bad he's had a lot of bad turnovers. He has, but also he's the one piece that they needed and him alone got them from a three win team to a That's fair. That's a really good point because I it's more of a like an MVP type of thing, I think for him yes that's a good point and I besmirched him more than I should there but in the end I I just I don't I don't see this and I know I'm I'm throwing it out there like I want to give Northwestern as much credit as I can here but in the same time like I I just don't think this is the type of team that can be the one that takes advantage of Ohio State because doesn't the other, have doesn't play the right style right it's, it's more of a style thing yep. than it is um, uh, like, like for example, Northwestern, I think would acquit themselves very well versus Notre Dame. I yeah. Think they would do they very probably would. well versus, boy, that'd be a great game to watch this year. But anyways, but like, th- that's what I'm saying that, you know, the, 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 the style and the matchup type mm-hmm. of deal. Um, and another thing too, the Ohio state front seven, as far as a pass rush, very underrated. Like it's kind of crazy that the secondary has struggled as much as it has because that front, that D line is actually come alive this year they for have. Ohio State. So, okay. Are you going to start? I'll go. I, I think I, I'm very confident Ohio State's going to win the game, okay? But but the line is, is tricky to me, okay? I believe, like, didn't we kind of just see this game two years ago? I mean, it was an explosive Ohio State team Remember versus a Northwestern team that looks a lot like yeah. us. And essentially what you got out of that game is Northwestern just hung around. You, they just never – really could put Northwestern away. Now that was not a very good Ohio State defense that year, if you can remember. So they're Oh, that's right. That's yeah. That was two years ago when Ohio State's defense was actually struggling Sus- quite a bit. Suspect, yes. So we do could have some some differences here, but I've got this feeling that Northwestern will do enough to limit big plays. There will be some on a Justin Fields in the passing attack, but I think they'll just they'll just slow him down enough to to keep it pretty close. So I've got Ohio State 34, Northwestern 17. Okay. So that's an under 
at 17 points, you know, that's three, that's a field goal or four points under the, so I'm, I'm not extremely confident in Northwestern, but I bet you this will come down to the line for that 21 point spread. All right, sir. So we've seen 21 point dogs win before, right? It doesn't yeah. happen too often, but no. it, we've seen it happen. Yeah. I like what you said about the passing. They just don't really have the the passing attack to really ding up this Ohio State defense. And Ohio State just has all those great players, future NFLers, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, they're they're not going to pass all over them, but they'll find a way to score. They always find a way to score. Um, if Even if it's safeties, they might get 10 of them in this game. Who knows? I'm going with Northwestern to win the game 27 to 26. So obviously Northwestern cover, and that's an under, my friend. So your your commitment to the bit is going right down to the very end. Bit what? The, they don't lose. Why would I bet against them? Uh, you know, right as I was filling out my sheet, I'm like, wait a second. He's been picking Northwestern every single week. Oh, I have? Well, he, <laughs> oh. Well, maybe I should change my now. I'm just going with my gut. Northwestern to win 27 to 26. I will ex I will expect to see a picture of your money line ticket. Yes. that you bet that you put on Northwestern on Twitter. I any, will do that anytime. Now. I'll do that, sir. Fun stuff, man. Thanks a lot. We got a great weekend. Uh, basketball, NFL. If you're into it, enjoy the weekend, folks. Why not? Right? How about that Illini game against those Gophers? Huh? Yeah, that was fun. Our uh, last night, our Big Ten squads are looking pretty good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, between Iowa, Michigan State, Illinois, I mean, Rutgers looks really good for sure. I Penn mean, State's not bad. Penn State's <laughs> Penn pretty State. damn good, actually. I mean, you could have a team Who like you could have a team like Penn State that winds up just under five hundred that very easily could finish third in other conferences. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not oh, joking. Oh, for sure. Like, they're, it's that tough of a conference. I just can't wait to see the, the big three, though. Once Iowa, Michigan start. State, and Illinois, once they start playing each other. And you know how it's going to probably happen? One of them is going to drop down, and a different team is going to take their place. That's typically how it goes. Yeah. You don't have chalk that just goes out the whole no, season like No, no, it's so going to bounce around. Crazy like it's going to be fun. Happen. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.